Welcome to a podcast of a sermon delivered at the Unitarian Society of Ridgewood in New Jersey. Our congregation is a place where you will find inspiration in the richness of diverse beliefs and the power of community. Detailed information about the Unitarian Society of Ridgewood is available on our website, uuridgewood.org. It's through winter that we come to spring. It's through darkness that we come to light, and it is through hopelessness that we arrive at hope. And so today we celebrate the teachings of Jesus, the strength of his words and the power of his resistance, and we celebrate the possibility for what might be. Every Sunday that we gather together in this community, we spend time in meditation and prayer and reflection, and I invite you now into that time. So find a comfortable way for your body to be in this space and join me in a spirit of meditation and prayer. Spirit of life, of love, spirit of all the world's great teachers, wisdom and mystery and being. Today we gather as do people across this wide world to remember the story of Jesus of Nazareth, a young man who taught, who rebelled, who resisted, a young man with a vision for what the world might be. We remember that two days ago, many mourned his murder, the sorrow and deep pain of Good Friday, when he died leaving the world too young, as too many leave this world too young. In the silence, we sit with the anguish and struggle of loss. Together, we remember, too, that just yesterday, the story tells us, this man Jesus went down into the underworld and released the souls of the just. The promise and liberation of Holy Saturday when story says people were set free, brought to the light. In the silence, we sit with the promise of success in the struggle for freedom. We remember that today, the story teaches, this young man was nowhere to be found at his burial site. That he stood and walked and was freed from death. Whether we believe that story literally or metaphorically, In the silence, we sit with the possibility for a fresh start, new life, a second chance. In the silence, we give thanks for renewal and the possibility of rebirth. Easter is a joyful holiday that follows closely on the heels of sadness and grief. Our lives are like this. Joyful one moment, sorrowful the next. It is part of the beauty and struggle of being human. This morning, I want to recognize the pain that many felt earlier this week on seeing the Cathedral of Notre Dame burning. For that structure that held history and beauty, but also for all the Buddhas and the black churches and the synagogues and the temples and more that have been destroyed in the name of religious righteousness, We hold our grief and our anger and our pain. 
even as we hope for the possibility of restoration for these vital places that capture the human spirit. This morning, we also hold heavy in our hearts the tragic terrorism in Sri Lanka on this Easter Sunday. Some of you may have seen this morning. Hundreds dead and injured, the loss is staggering and heartbreaking. We long for a day when fear and violence give way to kindness and compassion. We long for the possibility and promise the stories teach us is real. We honor all the joys and sorrows held in our hearts. In the face of them, in the face of this being human, in the face of changes and grief and redemption, we give thanks for the love that we share. The ease of companionship, the strength of caretaking, and the power of loving. May we recommit ourselves again and again to loving with all our hearts. So may it be. This is a packed weekend in my house. Passover began. My younger children turned four yesterday. Today's Easter. (laughs) All they did was turn four. It's not that exciting. Um, Today is Easter and the anniversary of my ordination. We have a cousin in town, a family gathering this afternoon. It's a busy time. And unsurprisingly, it has me reflecting on the stories that we tell at this time of year on the choices I've made, on life and its many turns, and on how hope lives in us. As I watched my children at their party, I couldn't believe they were already four, and I was remembering what it felt like to make the decision to have children. I know Easter often focuses on Jesus with good reason, but even in years when my children's birthday doesn't land so perfectly, I often think about Mary, Jesus' mother. This young woman who has this child and who then endures such pain as she has to watch him die. There's a real risk in bringing life into this world or in choosing to raise children in this world. We know that. We live in a time not altogether unlike Jesus' time. There's oppression and violence and fear and prejudice and hatred and greed and inequality. And on top of all of that, there's the ever-present reality of impending climate change disaster. And despite all those risks, and despite that reality, people continue to bring children into this world. People continue to raise children and look to the future. Because despite all the bad, there's also good. And an insistence on looking to the future is itself an act of hope. And in many ways, hope is what Easter is ultimately about. But it's not a lazy hope, or a thoughtless hope, or a naive Pollyanna hope. A mature, deep, real hope that moves through sorrow and pain to arrive at possibility. And along with that hope come messages of resilience, of truth-telling, and of the power of community. Because Easter isn't just about this glorious Sunday when Christians around the globe will sing about the risen Christ. Easter begins, as I mentioned before, with pain and betrayal and a commitment to telling the truth even if it comes at great risk. Thousands of years ago, there lived a young man named Jesus who was from a small town, and he got it into his head that he had something the world needed to hear. He had some friends that helped along the way, but he also knew the whole endeavor would be risky. But he was so convinced of these truths that he took on that risk. 
and he took his small town self out into the wider world and he started saying all manner of things like blessed are the meek and the peacemakers and the persecuted he started saying that in a world that valorized strength and violence he started telling people not to shun the prostitutes or the lepers to welcome the least and the little children he was saying that in a world that had pretty clear ideas about what constituted normal and good and healthy and right. He started saying controversial things about the ways of wealth and power in the world he inhabited, about the lack of morality and ethical grounding. And he was preaching about this in a world that came down pretty hard on folks that made waves. He was so convinced that he stormed into the temple and tossed over the tables of the moneylenders, he broke rules, he rabble-roused, and he protested. And yes, it's very likely he said and did some things we wouldn't agree with, and certainly his followers said and did some things that we don't agree with. But ultimately, he shared a message of loving your neighbor as yourself and welcoming and caring for others. And at just 33, he was preaching all this, and some were hearing his call and following him, and others were starting to get nervous and were criticizing him. And then he comes into the big city to try to get even more folks to hear his message. But the big city, the seat of power, is also where he's going to upset more people. And before too long, one of his own beloveds betrays him. He's arrested, he's mocked and tortured, and eventually he's killed by being lashed to a cross with his wounds still bleeding. His mother and others who love him watch this happen. They bear witness despite their pain. They hear him cry out in anguish, they watch him die, and they beg to have his body released. The wish is granted. They tend to him lovingly, lay him in his tomb. They are heartbroken and grief-stricken. That's where Easter starts, with a young man standing up for what he believes in, with a mother's pain, with the too-young murder of a man who did change the world but might have changed it, changed it that much more had he lived. It begins with deep dark sorrow with the cold and quiet of the tomb. Starts there because it must, because the reality of the world is indeed that we must go to the painful depth, the darkest, coldest, wintry moment, so that we can rise. We must go through the night to reach the day, the dark, the night, the tomb, they actually have value. The sorrow and the fear and the worry and the risk, all of it is deeply meaningful because without it, we would never reach the light. We wouldn't have the hope and the love and the promise and the possibility. And this story that has lasted these millennia is so compelling because it captures the truth of how the earth rises each year, of how we rise in our own cycles of living and dying, how hope wanes and waxes, how existence, being, life perpetuates through all of that change. This year, Easter coincides pretty neatly with Earth Day. So climate change has also been on my mind, as well as on the mind of your Environmental Justice Committee, and I will return to that shortly. The thing is, as I was thinking about this morning, it would have been easy, but disingenuous, to stand up here and say to you, the message of Easter is that we can overcome climate change just like Jesus overcame death. But that simplifies the message of Easter, and it denies the truth of our current ecological crisis. Jesus did not defeat death. Two days after his family and friends laid him in his tomb, his mother and the other women who love him come to visit his body and find it gone. 
They learn that he's no longer there, and angels ask why they're looking for the living among the dead. The women go to the others who love Jesus and share this miraculous turn of events, and some of them believe the women and some of them don't. Jesus was not in the tomb, but he also wasn't there walking among them again, truly living. He was not restored to his life as it was. And his mother and friends and followers didn't get him back again, not in any human sense. Jesus didn't return to his beloveds and spend decades more with them. He rose, according to the story, but he didn't return to his life. In his rising, he offered a metaphor for what's possible, and in his teaching, he showed a new way to live. He didn't conquer death. He offered the possibility of new life. Those are not the same. The hopeful message of Easter this year is not that we can defeat climate change and go back to the way things were. It's that we can imagine a new way to live. We can't reverse all of the damage, but we can mitigate it and look to the future in a new way. But that is very hard work. The temptation is to sink into the sorrow and the pain and the fear of Good Friday and stay there. Parker Palmer, who we've read before in this space, wrote a piece called A Downside Up Easter Meditation. And in it he writes, Years ago, I stumbled upon a small collection of poetry by Julia Esquivel, a Guatemalan teacher, writer, and social justice activist, titled Threatened with Resurrection. Those three words in the poem that bears that title had a huge impact on me. I'd always believed that death is the great threat and resurrection the great hope. But when I found Esquivel's book, I was experiencing the death in life called depression. The book helped me understand a hard truth. Figurative forms of death can feel comforting, while resurrection, the hope of new life, can feel threatening. Why? Because death in life sometimes offers a perverse sense of relief. When I was depressed, nobody expected anything of me, nor did I expect anything of myself. I was exempt from life's challenges and risks. But if I were to find new life, who knows what daunting tasks might demand I take on. Sometimes we choose death in life as an unhealthy relationship, cynicism that shuts us down, nonstop negativity toward others, compulsive overactivity, work that compromises our integrity, substance abuse, etc. Because we're afraid of what might come our way if we embraced resurrection in life. He continues, the great religious traditions are rooted in mysteries I don't pretend to understand, including claims about what happens when we die. But this I know for certain, as long as we're alive, choosing resurrection is always worth the risk. I'm grateful for the many people and experiences that have helped me embrace the threat of resurrection. It's a powerful, if short, piece. Palmer reminds us that hopelessness can be easier than hope. Sorrow, sometimes easier than joy. Inaction and apathy, those can feel easier than action and caring. When we hope, when we seek joy, when we care and we act, we are inviting the possibility of failure. When faced with being overwhelmed, it can be easier to sit in the dark. And there is value to that sitting. We need Good Friday. We need to sit and wallow and wonder and worry. But we also need Easter Sunday. And we need to see Easter Sunday in a particular way. Because the message of Easter Sunday is not transformation will happen and fix everything. The message of Easter Sunday is not hope will overcome all things. The message is possibility. 
Not that everything goes back to the way it was. Life doesn't ever go back to the way it was. All of us know what it is to experience deep sorrow, and we know that nothing is ever quite the same again. Life is new and different and still challenging and still sorrowful. Easter doesn't restore. It offers a new way. Jesus left an example of how to live differently, how to be differently in the world, and how to understand differently the threat and the hope of death and resurrection. Climate change is a very real threat facing our planet, our species, and we have reached the point we cannot reverse what's going on and return to the way life was. We have to envision a new future, but we can't do that if we refuse to accept the reality or if we refuse to, when accepting that reality, actually make change. We can't let the overwhelmingness of climate change reduce us to inaction even though that would be so much easier. Even though, in fact, it's what many of us have done for decades. We've let the hugeness of the problem and our fear that doing something will force us to do more than we are ready for, we've let that lead us to inaction. But we can't be led by fear. Mary wasn't led by fear. Jesus wasn't led by fear. Those who loved him and followed him gave in to their fears on occasion, but they also rose when they needed to. It's okay to give in sometimes, It's okay to consider and sink into the unbelievable sorrows and horrors of what is and what might be. That's time well spent. The only way to Easter is through Good Friday. But Easter Sunday reminds us that what sometimes looks like the end is not necessarily the end. It reminds us that we can find a way through even the deepest sorrows and fears. It reminds us, as the story tells us, that there's still time. It reminds us that we cannot stop The sinking deep in the tomb is a way station on the path to hope and possibility. It's not an end place. Life is filled with joy and hope and possibility. And every day, in small ways and large ways, we affirm this. Babies are being born, weddings, celebrations of life, laughter, love, the pursuit of our deepest callings. Every day, small acts of courage and hope are being committed around the world and in our own homes. Getting up each day in the face of a world that is far too like the world Jesus lived in is itself an act of hope. Protesting wrongs, working for good, offering compassion and care and generosity, these are acts of hope and love that reflect the not-so-simple Easter message that embracing hope isn't about blindly believing everything will be fine. It's about taking risks and making choices that help make the world slightly better than it was before. It's about living differently so that each of us and the entire world might find peace and joy and happiness, so that all of creation might thrive. The Environmental Justice Committee of the Unitarian Society of Ridgewood has been working on a statement of conscience. The committee is focused on gaining a deep understanding of climate change for themselves, but then their mission is also to educate us, this congregation, and to lead us and empower us as we, as a community, work to be better stewards of the earth, as well as seek more equitable policies for all people. The statement of conscience they have produced asks us to affirm our community commitment to mitigating climate change in whatever ways we can, while also recognizing and working to ameliorate the disproportionate harm that environmental injustice does to people around the world. The committee has and wants to convey to us a sense of urgency around the issue of climate change. 
We know that for decades, scientists and environmentalists have been telling us those first truth tellers like Mary and the women from the tomb, they have been telling us that there is a problem. In recent years, children and youth, those that Jesus said to welcome and to listen to, have been fighting however they can through lawsuits and protests because they understand that when they are grown, the moment to change will have passed. So there is a deep urgency. But I also understand that the threat of climate change can feel abstract when there are gunmen shooting at mosques and young black men dying in the streets and trans children taking their own lives at alarming rates and when we wake up on Easter morning to find hundreds dead in bomb blasts in churches. I understand that we are faced with challenging and difficult times in which it feels like we don't have enough room in our minds and in our hearts to hold it all. That's also why getting stuck on Good Friday is so easy, because we need more than one day a year, more than five minutes each Sunday in our time for meditation to hold all the pain and the sorrow. But the other message beyond resilience that keeps us living through pain, beyond mature hope that is active and invested, beyond truth-telling even when you aren't heard, the other message of Easter is that in community we find room when we feel overwhelmed. When Jesus walks to his crucifixion, another carries the cross for a while. Mary doesn't take her son down from the cross alone. She doesn't go to visit alone two days later. The followers don't disperse upon Jesus' death. They come together. In community, we help carry each other. Community doesn't overcome death. It doesn't solve every justice issue. It doesn't make everything rosy and perfect. But it helps us do the work. So while some of us focus on racial justice and others focus on teaching the children and others then can focus on environmental justice. We need the dark tomb moments and then we need each other as we rise out to new ways of being. Please remain standing and join in the words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame and the energy of action burn bright in our hearts until we are together again. As you celebrate this holiday with feasting and hunting and chocolate, remember to the deeper messages of this day. Transformation is possible. Resilience is real. Telling the truth matters. Community is our source of strength and life needs our mature hope. Let your fear go. Let the truth in. And let us rise together to meet the challenges of our time and be part of the resurrection of life. Go in peace.